0: Off top, you weigh less closer to the equator than you do closer to either the North or South Pole. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie, what's up? This is kind of lazy. I'm getting lazy on my off tops. I need to come a little stronger. Like, that's not even that shocking. It's like, I mean... I, I, I knew that one, and it's been explained to me, and I still don't understand why. So I think it's a good one. Solid oh one. Oh, yeah. I fully un- understand it. I just don't have the time to explain it. That's all. That's that's. I'm sticking to that.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do. You do. We all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/df today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's BetterHelpHelp.com/df. Now
0: let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom. On Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, so I wanted to talk about Luka Doncic today. So he. It feels like he made the leap to I mean, he's obviously superstar, but there's another tier above that. And I know you hate tier talk, but we don't have to get deep into that. But there's another step that Luca has to take because I don't think of him as Giannis or uh, I don't know, Embiid. Well, I guess Embiid is not there necessarily, but like Giannis is the guy in the NBA and there's, uh, I guess, KD and. Kawhi when he's healthy yeah Jokic uh which also has Jokic hasn't had great playoff success so there's another step to be taken I mean he's gone to the conference finals the same way Luka has has, but I guess Luka did it arguably with less and outside the bubble but anyway I guess the point I'm trying to make is when Luka came into the league very young he was incredible and the comparisons immediately came to him being compared to LeBron and we all understood it. He's like a big body um, point guard, which was LeBron-ish. But the maturation hasn't been LeBron-esque. And he never was as good as LeBron because he wasn't as explosive. He's athletic enough. He's a better shooter than LeBron was early in his career and better than lebron has become he wasn't a force on defense he's kind of a a negative on defense so he was never LeBron but I do think that there's an expectation and there has been expectation that he is going to take another step uh we every year we go into the season where he's one of the MVP favorites if not the overall favorite and he's yet to live up to that which it feels like I'm being like hard on Luca but I don't mean it that way I just mean like the development for him has been more of a late in his career player, which maybe part of that is because he was professional already and the big jumps that you would expect for a professional player to make. He's already made those jumps. But honestly, what you hear and what you read about him more is that he's not like committed to being in shape and healthy and physically fit for the game, which, like, I don't know. I'm hesitant to make those assertions because I'm not around him, but it does seem like people who are closer to him and closer to the game believe that to be the case. So I, I watched them play funny. We, speaking of LeBron, I watched their last game against the Lakers, which was an incredibly fun game to watch, which they blew a, I think, 27-point lead at one point to the Lakers. Yeah. And when you watch that game, knowing the outcome, It seems pretty obvious that the Lakers are better than them. (laughs) We got to do some Lakers stock after the We'll get there. The Lakers are missing a bunch of shots. And LeBron played poorly, honestly. Start to finish, he played for LeBron's standard. He couldn't hit a shot.
2: Yeah, he just put him passing out of the post and bullying them just yeah. completely changed that game. I did, not, but you're right. He didn't have 27-7 seven on elite efficiency the way LeBron normally
0: does. And, and I think Tim Hardaway Jr. blocked one of his shots, which is like, what are we doing here? When that happens, yeah. I have to – I don't care if you go for 40 when you're LeBron James. I have to label that uh, a subpar game. The thing that was surprising to me is – and I'll give you this caveat is it's hard to – use one game or even a few games to, like, uh, define who a player is or what a team is. But I fully expected Luka to be better in end-of-game situations once they got Kyrie, in Mm. part because the argument for why Luka – or one of the knocks against Luca is him not being in great shape, him drinking beer smoking cigarettes or whatever, and not working out. Who, who could not Chich? Yeah. <laughs> him not working out to the level that you expect. And so that would suggest that the game situations are evaluating his end game situations are clouded by the fact that he's fatigued. So you bring in Kyrie Irving, who can carry the load. Like their offense is good when Luca's on the bench now, which is something that was ridiculous to think before like they couldn't sit luca for long enough for him to be in tip-top condition at the end of the game so i was surprised to see that he wasn't great at the end of this game i also saw them hunting lebron which is something i thought i'd never see in the history of basketball where they're screening uh vanderbilt off of luca to get luca up on lebron is like what how dare you but i guess he is almost 40 and he did say his foot popped or something <laughs> in the course of, that game but i don't know i feel like i've already spread that was one of my favorite lebron moments because like
2: you you, okay so it's only funny because he's old and dramatic now but it's happened for 20 years that he's it looks like his ankle goes sideways and he just ties his shoe tighter and runs back (laughs) down the court like a terminator but this time seeing him lie on the ground and be like it popped it popped and everyone
0: on twitter is like his achilles is gone yeah because he was (laughs) up in the air too like it wasn't it was it wasn't like a roll it was so like i understand why and I watched this game again. I watched it after I knew the results. So I knew yeah. I wasn't nervous with the Twitter crowds. But all right, I feel like I'm spreading out a whole bunch. But where yeah. I wanted to focus first, we can get back to all these other points later in the show. But first, I want to focus on Luca and his development because this is a weird thing that hit me this morning. Is the CBA expires at the end of next season? And All we've been hearing is how they're going to address this player movement stuff. They're going to address the fact that the players can force their way out. They're going to address this in some way, make it more difficult for players to have control and power. Luka has three years left on his deal, but he's got one year left to exhibit this power that all other players have, have used to move themselves from place to place. So I guess that is the backdrop that I'm using for this Luka conversation that I want to have with you. And one of the things I want to talk about is like, what you think about his development and improvement? What more can we expect from it? And what's holding him back? And the next step is, is Kyrie enough to keep him there? And is Kyrie even going to stay there? Because he's not under contract long-term. So let's start with the Luka development. What do you think? So the Luka development is tough because he came into
2: the league as one of the best teenagers ever. Like, say, say what you want, but like, Kareem, LeBron, Luca. We're talking about just 19 year old basketball players. He's in a really elite tier. He is probably the heir to LeBron. And like this guy can run every decision, make every decision that makes an offense run as a big guard. He can make every pass. He's ridiculous. um And he gets a lot of James Harden comparisons. Rightfully so. Big difference. He's incredible in the playoffs and the 30% gain in stats that Harden gets from flailing around and reaching into people's arms and stuff Luca just can play through that and it's awesome even though he whines at the refs so to me his development like he might be slightly doughy and out of shape and he's still the third best player in the NBA like he's absurd to me the biggest thing with his development is the Mavericks incompetence in building a team around him um and the reason I say, can, can I read you their draft picks since they since they won the title in 2011? Jordan Hamilton, Tange and Gobo and Gombo, Tyler Zeller, Darius Johnson Odom, Kelly Olinick, Mike Moscala, Justin Anderson, Satnam Singh bamara AJ Hammonds, Dennis Smith Jr., Luca, which is a lock, It's the best European prospect in decades at the time. Jalen Brunson, great pick. Shake Milton, Isaiah Roby, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry. And then they let Brunson leave. And they let, and they turned down extending Brunson, who is at this point, a better player than Kyrie Irving. If you want to win basketball games, they turned down signing him for four years, $55 million. And they traded for Christian Wood, can't play defense. He's not an elite offensive player. They should be building this team out like the Rockets did with James Harden when they were excellent shooters, chasers, support players. And instead they have a couple guys who have star potential in Kyrie Irving and Christian Wood who can't guard anyone and they can't draft and sign anyone. This is like, we are teetering towards malpractice of how they built this team around
0: him. Yeah. I mean, and you could argue they did the same thing to um, Dirk, but I, I I like Josh green. He's a piece that they have that I think mm-hmm. is an Australian player. Who's really a, a good, good enough shooter and good defensively and athletic and explosive. Like he, he makes up in some of the areas, but you're right. They don't have enough of those guys and he's young. Maybe he'll develop into something. Um, uh, They got holiday too, who I think is something maybe that could, they could build around. I think he's a much better shooter than you would expect from someone with the last name holiday. At least <laughs> I would expect for someone with the last name holiday, but uh, I guess, the, so you brought up the ref thing and that's another thing that haunts Luca. And in this game, his own coach at, at the end of this game, his own coach yeah. kind of talked about him getting distracted by the whistle and uh, not being mature. Uh, and he didn't say Luca specifically, but it's kind of clear who he's talking about. Cause he said, "I, uh, um, Jason Kidd said, I'm not the savior, which like sounds like he's saying, well, you know, who is the guy who's distracted by the whistle and right. I, that game started. I was just watching the first quarter. And again, with this in mind, I'm watching in the first quarter, there were four different occasions in the first quarter where he's like demonstrating like real animus towards the referees about the calls. One of them was obvious he was wrong. And the other two was like, yeah, maybe it could go either way. And I'm not one who like complains about other people complaining to me. It's like a waste to me. You know, it's a waste of time. Uh, I get it, but I'm not pouring my heart into this game. You know, the way that they are. So, like, I get it. I'd rather a guy be upset when things go wrong than not. But if it gets to the point where it's hurting your team and it's been such a long time that I think it was last year on J.J. Reddick's podcast, he said he was going to stop chirping at the refs and he still can't stop it. Like it's an uh, yeah, it's a, a chronic issue for him. So how does that weigh into the way that he develops, you think? I just think it's like his is weird because his
2: game isn't dependent on calls. Yeah. He's just kind of an he's kind of an asshole on the court. And that's like his edge is like really yeah. good. But he's like kind of an asshole to everyone, refs included. And yeah. um, I, I'm i more annoyed by floppers. I'm more annoyed when I yeah. see Trey Young hunt for fouls, even someone like Embiid who's playing for a whistle rather than to dominate than I am with Luca, who I'm annoyed watching him because I'm just like, dude, Play basketball. Stop talking to the refs. But I, it doesn't like it doesn't quick time change. Out, quick timeout. Quick timeout.
0: Quick timeout. I disagree with you on Embiid. And okay. we both. Uh, I mean, I'm catching up on my basketball watch. Yeah, and you've watched more than me, so I guess I'll trust your judgment right now. But what I remember from Embiid last season and the couple of Embiid games I watched this season is he's getting fouled. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Oh, and he's he's incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you said looking for the whistle is different. I think what happens with Embiid is it's not James Harden or um.
2: he's got a little, he got a little, little coaching little got, yeah. from time to time.
0: All right. That's fair. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm biased towards the big guys because the big guys, yeah. you can't call them many times that they're being fouled. And it's just like, they deserve the same protection as everyone else, but they don't get it. And, and he, it, he, when he gets to the line 90% of the time, he, he deserves it. But
2: yeah. it's also like, he gets he you're right he gets the big man bump where when he's being guarded by someone who's six three and he tries to reach through and he draws the foul on a switch you're like come on bro yeah. come on just
0: just dunk that I guess the the question is for me on the the Luca stuff is do you see a path forward for this team around Luca to maximize his ability if not is that more on Luca or more it seems like you are more upset with the organization than you are with Luca, because I was I'm surprised. I was expecting you to come at Luca about being like out of shape or yeah, well not developing his game. And I I would love that.
2: I would like I took for granted that every single year LeBron showed up oh in pristine God. shape. Kevin Durant showed up like with another tool every oh single year. And I expected and want Luka Doncic to do that. Um because he hasn't, he like objectively he has improved, but he just hasn't improved that thing that's right. that's there. Um, and he can physically dominate. He can score from every single level. Um, The problem with just talking about his development uh, compared to the team is I do actually think with how good he is right now, they could just, if he had a more complete roster, they could win the title. Like, we can go through the West after this and we get to the Lakers, and, like, there's no team that is a clear clear winner. He's So so the thing is, it's like, we want those guys. We want Anthony Edwards. We want Zion Williamson we want Jason Tatum to be able to be the number one on a championship team. And I'm like borderline hundred percent confident that with the right roster, Luca could be that guy. Like even like some of those people, like imagine Jalen Brown being the number two for Luca, the fit would be perfect in something like that.
0: So the thing about talking about the basketball players is we don't divide them the same way we do football players into positions. And that makes sense because it's become more positionless. But one of the things about Luca that adds some value to him is he's a primary ball handler. Yeah. And I think we should consider using that as a distinction, like the same way he's a quarterback. And and the reason why I bring that up is because as good as Embiid is, I kind of, if I want to build a team is this crazy i can well i guess mb is good on both sides but i kind of feel like the primary ball handler makes like there's so much more added value i'm i'm tiptoeing around a take because i'm scared to make it but make I, it yeah i think that there's some value cuz i don't think he's as good a basketball player as other players are but i think because of his position on the team he's more valuable Then, because I I do think that he could win it, he could have won a championship with the right roster. Uh, this year, last year, the year before that, the roster isn't there, but also he needs to improve
2: a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, he's so the one of the minds of Luca is that he's so good in the playoffs. Like, actually, and I know the numbers are all messed up over the last couple of years because of the pace, but he's actually putting up like young Jordan, young LeBron numbers in the Mm -hmm. postseason, which we know the game slows down. Like when we go through the Western Conference, part of the thing that's hard of breaking it down is you don't trust all these people. I know Luke is going to annihilate teams in the postseason, right. way more than Embiid, um, track record-wise. right? I mean, you don't have to sell me. I just think Luka's a better player than Embiid. I know Embiid's been playing incredible basketball since like the yoka type came out and like he's just, clearly number two in the MVP
0: debate. But if you just, if you're asking me to draft and push forward. What holds me back is I do believe that the other end of the floor matters and you can't be a minus. If you are a plus on the other end of the floor, I guess my point, like they both take so much pressure. Luca takes a lot of pressure off of his teammates on the offensive end of the floor. He puts more pressures on his deep on his teammates on the defensive end of the floor. I think MB takes pressure off on both ends of the floor, but not to the degree that Luka does on offense. And offense is just like in the NFL, you'd rather have a superstar quarterback than a superstar linebacker because offense is like more valuable. So and I, here's, I the, here's the here's thing, like you, to the point about conditioning earlier, like Luka
2: is a good enough athlete. He's absolutely gigantic. He should have made himself an average or above average defender by this point. We saw it happen with Steph Curry. We've seen it happen with Jokic. Like, there's no reason why he can't be that. And, you know, to your point, like, the Mavs aren't a serious contender and the Sixers are. And a lot of that's because of the roster. But you know why the Mavericks aren't going to do shit in the postseason this year is because that team doesn't play any defense. Yeah, and they were sure. able to blow a 27 point lead against the Lakers. They're not just like average on defense, they're abominable on defense. They're one in three with Kyrie and Luka together. Both that just seems like an offensive pairing. And, I don't know the roster, the lineup that they can put out there. Like a lot of looking at the NBA at this point, it's like, all right, five guys on the floor, seven man rotation. When it comes to crunch time. Who's who can win these games. I actually do not see it with the Mavs. Maybe they'll win a playoff round, but they're not serious against the, you know, four yeah. or five teams in the West that are good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the Lakers are better than them. Yeah. And I, do too. I, I think the Lakers won that game and they were getting dominated, but they, they're gonna dominate on the scoreboard because the Mavs couldn't miss from three at first. And then when that yep. sto- when that stopped going in, the Lakers closed the gap quickly and took the lead all while LeBron was playing a sub-Lebron-esque game in Vanderbilt. So we use this to transition into Lakers talk, you think? Because
2: one one thing I want to
0: ask before you talked about the CBA. Mm-hmm.
2: Luke is under contract till 25-26. mm mm-hmm. I, when I look at that, I'm like, there's no way he can get out this offseason. Do you think there's a way that he could force his way onto a different team?
0: I don't know. Like, <laughs> we, I don't see why not. We've seen people force their way out plenty of other times. Like, I think it's hugely unlikely, but uh, I guess it's a bit of a false deadline for me to say that Luca yeah. can force his way out. But I mean, how many times would. It, would you have bet that that uh, Harden could have forced his way out two times? Would you have bet that KD would have forced his way out? And well, I guess KD didn't. Or that Kyrie could have forced his way out of a couple locations. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I, I. It's hard for me to say, to doubt it, because players have done it time and time again. And it normally seems like your ability, how talented you are, is really determines how much power you have. And he's as talented yeah. as it gets.
2: I think that would break the NBA. Like yeah. twenty three, I, 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 no exaggeration, twenty three year old, under contract for three more years, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, top fifty player of all time, right. entering his prime. If he was just like, now nah, I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess LeBron did it after seven years, right? He also was a free agent. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He was a free agent. <laughs> I think that would like if that happened before the new CBA. I can't even. I can't even imagine the outcome. Should we talk? Should we talk Lakers?
1: Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic
0: team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, let's talk Lakers, which like it's the Jared Vanderbilt podcast now. Let's go. He was. Vando. The funny thing was, again, I watched the game already knowing the outcome. So I was watching him and his impact. He started score a bunch and then. Yeah, uh, Yeah, then the uh, commentator started to celebrate him but his impact came before the scoring it was all the small stuff it was all the like i hate to sound like uh old school coach but it was all that old school coach stuff that the stuff that i'm, I'm going to be coaching my son's basketball team in practice tonight all the stuff that i'm going to be talking about speaking of which they the complaining to the refs 10 year olds do it too like that uh the kids, man, they do copy this stuff. I was always one who was like, don't complain about the example that the player set for the kids. I'm not complaining about it. But yeah, one of our best players did the silencer over the weekend. Like you're 10 years old, but I loved it. It was incredible. He's not my kid. So it was outstanding. Uh, but yeah, and then they all, including my son, complained to the ref the whole time. It's like you're 10, you don't even know the rules. Put your <laughs> are, little arms down. Like, why are you looking confused? Like, yes, it was a foul. Yo, can I tell you a quick story of the most this is the exact
2: opposite of, the, of an actual scarring experience from a little kid basketball? I was on like a pretty good like rec level team in DC in in uh I'm I was probably Declan's age. I was probably 10 years old. And we got to a championship game of this like pretty good league, it's like a travel league. We went down I don't know what the score is in 10 year old basketball game, 14 to 10 at halftime. There are no, there's no free throws at that age. The other team's coach had them intentionally foul us. The second we ended the ball for the entire game until the clock ran out. And we all, we like me and my teammates started throwing up like half court shots, full court shots to try and beat the foul. And we got annihilated. We're all crying on the floor. Um, Uh, I don't know, just that that memory just triggered it because I was definitely someone who
0: was (laughs) trying to stick my tongue out like Jordan when I was That coach should be ashamed of himself. Um, Yeah, the the referee came over to me at halftime of the game to tell me about a game that he was reffing a, a girls high school game that ended up being like 80 to 12. And he said at the end of that game, the coach of the team that was down 12 was calling timeouts to extend the game. It's like, what are you doing? Coach, like, there are no, there's no, like, tests to, uh, I guess, um, emotional, psychological tests that you have to pass before you are allowed to be around children. But they need one. Some people are nuts. It's ridiculous. Hey, uh, coaches out there, make it fun for (laughs) 10-year-olds. It matters, yeah. It's all that matters. Make it fun for 10-year-olds. All right, Jared Vanderbilt. I will be showing Jared Vanderbilt tape to – all of the little kids at, um, at 10-year-old practice tonight. Like, his impact was impressive. It was all the explosive athletic, defensive stuff. He was great in defense off of Luka, great in defense on Luka, and uh, explosive. They they started pressing, which is something that I don't, like, see often in NBA games. And it's, I love it's, it, And it's, it's outlawed in 10-year-old games. You can only press for the last two minutes of each quarter – I mean, of each half. But, yeah, they started pressing. LeBron's the first one, like, full-court pressing – it was ridiculous, outrageous, but they're desperate and they play like a desperate team, and it was fun to watch. And AD is back. Uh, hopefully, he stays that way. So, I always am afraid to bring
2: up the Lakers because it becomes cliche. They're one of the four or five best teams in the West. Like the, the addition of well, the addition of Vanderbilt. That's the trade. There's really he was. I mean, obviously, Beasley at shooting, and Russell's been. Banged up and easily he'll, he'll was be... so bad in that game, right? yeah. And Schroeder's been, been great, so like yeah. it, it makes the, the Russell addition slightly less important right now until he gets healthy. Vanderbilt lets them go big and be flexible in a way. Like, I look at the West and I see four or five real teams, assuming hell. I see the Nuggets, and you want to talk about operator of an offense, someone who's sort of like a quarterback, Jokic, yeah. like they play this free flowing, beautiful basketball. I see the Clippers, I see the Suns. Both of those are Kawhi and Katie's health. And then it's the Lakers and the Warriors. And, like, I think we're careening towards a situation where the Lakers find themselves in the playoffs. And, like, we're going to have a first-round matchup of them against, like, the Kings or the Grizzlies. And we're going to have to, like, look up and be like, all right, game's going to slow down, half-court offense. Are you going to trust LeBron and Davis and this group or, or Morant and Dylan Brooks or... Sabonis yeah. a bonus Fox and I'm going to, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I actually believe in the Lakers team.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard not to, I mean, especially if you're talking about Memphis, the way Memphis has been as of late and I'm not sure that a slow game is better for the Lakers. I mean, I guess mm. it seems like the Lakers are like an explosive transition team now, or maybe just, it feels like LeBron's contributions are in that area much more than it's in the slow uh, grind it out. But obviously they're capable of that Uh, towards the end of that game. They did a bunch of that isolation with, um, with AD and AD is a problem, but we'll see how they look um, against tougher defenses. But yeah, it's, it's that awful cliche of the team. Nobody wants to see. They're definitely the team that nobody wants to see a championship, a team with championship pedigree with two all time, great players, if they're healthy, it's going to be a problem, and I don't know. I, it's at this them, point, it's them you can't the assume that they're both healthy. Yeah, and the Warriors, yeah, the same thing. If you're looking in the
2: playoff, in the play-in potentially, and like, all right, play Thompson's averaging like 27 again since Steph has been hurt and like shooting the lights out. And then if LeBron and AD are healthy, this the West is like shockingly wide open. We focus on the yeah. East a lot, I think, because the the Celtics and Bucks are the two best teams in the NBA. But like, we can look up and the whole all of the debate about the play-in like if there's a play-in team that that reaches the conference finals in the west i would be zero percent shocked and that would have to be a first
0: and <laughs> the west isn't as strong as as uh i thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year but i guess the clippers are coming on a bit and the nuggets we'll see
2: i don't know i'm looking forward to the playoffs i can't quit the clippers even though like even though they have westbrook and even though we can't trust Kawhi leonard like Part of me thinks that, like, the Kawhi thing, everyone really focused on Durant and rightfully so. So I was like, "Oh, this guy could be the best player in the conference right now. And it's like, nah, man. Like, Kawhi's healthy. He's, he's he might he's right there with Jokic as the best player in the conference. And he's just
0: looming with the roster of six, eight wings that can guard everyone. <laughs> All right. Before we go to Roses and Thorns, I want to pick out a Wednesday game that I'm going to watch. And I think I already found it. So we're looking at Lakers Grizz. Is a possibility. That seems like the best game. Uh we got Clippers, Timberwolves. Uh I like Lakers Grizzly. I think mm. that's the game I want to watch, is because the Lakers are in playoff mode already, or they can't give up any games. I guess we got Thunders Kings or Thunder Kings. Nope. Lakers Grizz Wednesday night, 7:30. That's the one. You, my league time brother, you're gonna watch it with me. Okay. Sounds I, good. I, I cannot wait to hear your takes on Dylan Brooks.
2: You're either going to love him or
0: despise him after this game. Uh, Dylan Brooks is the nut puncher, right? Oh, he's dirty as hell. Yeah, I I can't, I can't um, in good conscience condone intentional nut punches. But DB has big time DB energy. Yeah. A lot of irrational confidence. (laughs) Okay, I'm in favor of irrational confidence, but keep your hands away from other people's testicles. All right, Charlie, I appreciate it. Roses and thorns how has dominique been lately bad or good let's find out this is roses and thorns all right roses and thorns hey ashley
3: hey dominique
0: (laughs) you never actually call me dominique in real life
3: do you like when i say your name though
0: I mean, it's fine. I mean, you call me Damo sometimes, which you I stole. don't call you that out
3: loud. I type it all the time. Yeah,
0: you stole from your cousin, Megan.
3: I know. I did steal from Megan. She's a, a creative one. Um, But you know what's so funny is that even though... Your name is Damo, D-O-M-O. And like, obviously, you're the main Dominique in my life. I have a couple girlfriends who spell it D-O-M-I. I think I've said this before. On my phone yeah. autocorrects your name. And I feel so bad. So I'm like, no, I know how to spell my husband's name.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of people. I, I think it, it autocorrects my name on my own phone, too. I have That's it,
3: so weird. Apple yeah. seems so much to my name. I mean, no that. one
0: spells it that way. My mom just was like, I'm going to do it a different way. Damonique, not Dominique. So, so it,
3: it lends itself to Damo, which is better than Dami. So I like it.
0: Um, yeah, so I, I talked about you on Bomani's podcast last week.
3: Oh, no, what you say about me? Now I have to listen to another podcast. You know, I don't like listening to podcasts.
0: Um, Bomani, I called you a wartime general, which is a joke that you I, I've used for you a number of times. It's not really a joke. It's that I think we talked about it here before. It's like you have anxiety, which I like so
3: much anxiety, guys, but I don't take my anxiety medication. Yeah, you refuses a me to. That.
0: Refuse to take anxiety medication, but the anxiety is something. But
3: admit I have anxiety. That
0: there's lots of things that could go wrong every day. and Oh, my God.
3: I worry about all of them.
0: You worry about all Ask of them. Ask me what but- time
3: I was up today, like 3 a.m., because I was up worried at that point.
0: So maybe you should take the medica- medication that was prescribed to you. But fine, you're growing. Do whatever you want. Um, But I would say that oh, I've always made the joke that you are the coolest person when things like go wrong.
3: Because I'm no already one... pre-worried.
0: I know that's the, the joke that I was building up to that you <laughs> undercut, but whatever, it's fine. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, run, it back, right. run it back, run it back, nah, run it okay, back, run it back. here we go. Here we go. All right, next, one more time, one more time. Oh my god,
3: tell me more, babe. I'm
0: I so think that you this
3: theory
0: of yours. You are always doing a dry run for an emergency, and you're always thinking that's of every important. opportunity. And so surprisingly, I think if anyone's around you and they spend any time with you you come off as like very happy and like kind of bubbly and the person that you would imagine who's like good in a bad situation would be someone who's more cold and calm and cool you're like very up all the time but surprisingly you're (laughs) at 3
3: a.m when i have scary thoughts running through my mind i'm
0: surprisingly in a crisis you are always like uh and We have a a relatively, I was going to say young family, but our oldest kid is 12 and we have lots of other family members. So like we've had a lot of things that pop up, which everyone has in their life. And you know that that one person uh, is going to like take control and make all the decisions. And you're that person. And it's like this is a huge compliment that's probably not going to sound like a compliment Ooh, but here
3: i don't know who it's probably <laughs> I... just a package <laughs> yeah
0: don't worry it's just a package there's no one breaking it <laughs>
3: wonder what i got today
0: but what i see in that you that doorbell
3: came just in time it was like literally saved by the bell because i don't like compliments i don't know if you guys caught the doorbell ring but the doorbell literally just rang you
0: don't like compliments yeah, it's weird you do like compliments the thing is you do like compliments but you you want to get them, but then when they start coming, you act weird. But whatever. I didn't
3: know I them. <laughs> I said
0: it last time we had an emergency room trip. This one wasn't an emergency room trip, but I've said it every time because it's always um really impressive. But the compliment that I was thinking is you know, when a family gets to a certain age, there's like one matriarch in the family, and at one point,
3: I can make biscuits.
0: Yeah, at one point, I
3: stay cool. It's at Neil. one point, I don't got a paying job. I can watch the babies. I
0: can't even get to the compliment <laughs> because, well, never anyway, the point get, is, never
3: gonna get to it. you
0: are becoming or you have become, I guess, that person in some ways, and like your mom is is not like she's still with it and active and whatever but you see that happening around families and particularly black families it's often a black woman who's at the center of the family that everybody kind of looks to for some sort of like i don't know emotional and spiritual guidance and also like decision making it like it is and tell it, yeah
3: Am I gonna be able to tell it like it is? Do you I have that do. aspect of my mother?
0: Yeah, well, you don't do it as much as your mother does, but you already start to do it to me. You practice on me about other people, but I we do think about, that- you talk about- Go ahead.
3: The compliment, see, I'm not I, to I, I'll be
0: you. quiet. I know that- Get, it, uh, get your I compliment have a whole out and so we can move I on talk from this. all show long, all the time. So this is clearly your segment and you clearly want to take the reins. So all I was saying- was, No, because
3: I don't like what you're talking I about. I
0: see that in you and it makes me proud and I appreciate it about you and Thank blah, blah 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 i failed go. at it like last night sweater. though
3: we talk about like we we all our kids are great in our eyes but obviously no one's perfect we're not perfect our kids aren't perfect and we joke sometimes on here about how our son is justin jefferson but we're so spoiled one of our our youngest daughters she can be whiny she can be so whiny like she is so needy and she's six and like when my oldest daughter was six she had two little siblings like had been had two little siblings too so yeah she was like great and on top of stuff um so and even when our son was six he was like wild but he wasn't like this like i mean i think it's because she's the baby and i'm like you're my baby um but now i'm like stop being my baby um but she's just super whiny like so she's who comes in my room at 3 a.m to like be like mommy can i just sleep with you no because you dig your feet into me all night when you sleep with me so you can't so at this point she has her gymnastics matters on (laughs) the floor of my room in a sleeping bag because she won't leave. Like she'll come back time after time. She'll go wake up her sister. She won't mess with her brother, but she'll go wake up her sister to get in his bed. So she, when she comes in at three, eventually I'm like, okay, let me just go lay on the floor. Like, you're not going to kick me all night because I'm a light sleeper and I want to go back to sleep. But then lately the issue is she comes in at night and once she comes in, I'm thinking about stuff. Like, and it's not even worrying, but I'm like, okay, what can I do for this tomorrow? What can I do about this situation? Um, like, I'm angry. This is what I want to tell this person about X, Y, and Z, but I'm never going to tell this person that. And this is a note I want to write to this person. Let me remember it. I,
0: I mean, you always do end up telling the people that you want to tell. You end up telling them the stuff that they need, that you believe they need to hear, but it, it takes That I believe enough. they need to
3: hear. Thank you. That got me back to my point, though. But so, so, again, our kids aren't perfect. Our oldest, who generally is our most easy child we were somewhere last night around like family friends um just me and her and a longtime family friend of mine who's like not her aunt or uncle but like i've known him since like high school and my oldest has a problem i think it's because she was like the oldest child in the family um where sometimes um for a long time, and like she would hear like me and my siblings go back and forth with each other, and you know how like we just like to give each other a hard time, um, and like I don't sound like joking, but like I don't know, we just tease each yeah. other. But sometimes she forgets that she's not our age, and like she's funny and woody. so sometimes, especially with my siblings, she won't do it with me, but with like my sisters and my brother, she'll like say jokes that probably aren't appropriate for like a child to say to their aunt or uncle. But she did it last night, and like it's like I think she's like just she's getting older. She's trying to like discover her little sarcastic sense of humor and whatever. But like she's also too young to sometimes know when to stop she's also too young to know that when her aunt is looking at her like this it means shut the up not oh yeah keep going um so after we got in the car I kind of waited I cut her off a couple times last night but I didn't like pull her aside and say like or say that in front of the whole you know group of people but once we got in the car I found myself doing old school my mother with her like not cursing at her not you know like yelling but just calmly explaining to her like how that's so inappropriate but like calmly but like searing like she knew it was something she better not do again. But I was thinking about it again. One of the things I was thinking about after 3 a.m. about how um I just didn't like you know I don't like when she does stuff like that. And I had a lot I had nothing else to think of, but also a hundred other things to think about at 3 a.m. Um but I was thinking about that and I was like damn my mother would have just cut her off right then and there and ripped her up. So I have a ways to go. I haven't perfected my Joanne but but you know she he she wouldn't have ripped her up. My father would have she would have been like, I, like I
0: mean she she's so I'm working the, on it. She's the oldest of all she's like the first grandchild and she's also like very mature generally i think even for her age so she when there is no group for her like she's not in the little kids group and she's not in the like aunts and uncles group like she gravitates to the aunts and uncles group and i think we've allowed them to reinforce and i'm also we by allowing it have reinforced some of yeah. something like she says something that's funny amongst people that know that she loves them and we all love each other and we all give each other a hard time and then we laugh at it and she's like oh this let's get this positive reinforcement then we're in another setting where it's like they don't understand and they don't appreciate it and embarrassed by it so like yeah it's on her but it's on us too but we the good thing about her is we'll is like, I don't think it'll be a problem ever. Again yeah, she takes I know. I know she takes criticism oh so hard. Like, as a child,
3: she as a baby, as a toddler, she I mean, she might have peed on herself a couple times, but one time we talked about my little ones recent stomach bug. I remember Avery was like three and she had a stomach bug and she had diarrhea in a pull-up. So it wasn't even a diaper. I mean, it wasn't even an underwear, it was in a pull-up she never peed on herself again after that not once because it was so traumatizing having diarrhea on her like like she messes up once and she's like okay learn my lesson move on the other ones are like nah we, we aren't gonna do is learn this lesson no matter how many times experience tries to teach it to us so no it'll be fine um but speaking of our family and um whatever
0: transition hell of a transition. you're a professional how many shows have we done it's just so easy it comes naturally to you now i like it
3: well no I said and whatever, like I I meant to say and you know I was thinking the weekend because last being night was weekend. Like Speaking was. of our family and whatever, we had a lot of family time this weekend, which was nice. And last week, when I'm saying weekend, I'm honestly thinking back towards like Wednesday, Thursday. Um, not all under the best circumstances, but it's always nice to have a big family and be gathered with them. I think it reaffirmed my would you rather last week was like, would you rather live far from your family or everyone on the same block? And we're not on the same block, but we're all kind of in the same quadrant, mostly in the same quadrant um, of DC, certainly um, in the same city um, or like really, really near in suburbs. Um, So I'm lucky that we're all here. It's nice. We had a lot of cousin time this weekend. The kids had a lot of cousin time earlier in the weekend. Um, we went to a lot of sports games but because I was so busy with family okay. you got a chance to double the amount of times you have taken all the kids to school this year which I busted your chops about last week so congrats you have now taken all of our children to school I think four times congratulations babe or ever this year
1: oh, okay
3: the school year not 2023, that would be pushing it, but the 2022-2023 school year. So, thank you for that. That was your rose. Um, another rose that I'm just going to give you, hoping it goes well. It's like it's like I'm, I'm manifesting positive things for you. Is um, our son's basketball wow. team was in the playoffs? I reminded of you forgot. <laughs> their play in like their little playoffs and it's like a one loss in your out situation and so single elimination I guess you would call it <laughs> I know my sports um and so they won their game yesterday and I guess the coaches he has two coaches who are dads on the team who are the best with them oh um gosh. they must not they have really busy jobs and like they carve this time out but I guess they didn't put this Monday on their calendar just coincidentally both of them sometimes they each had to travel but coincidentally both of them are traveling tonight so guess who's gonna coach the basketball team the week mm-hmm. before their next playoff game.
0: Yeah, fortunately, it's just a practice. So I mean, if we don't get anything done, we don't get anything done. But <laughs> it's going to be heavily defensive focused is the plan. That's what we're going to do. I got to find some drills for them to do. I think mostly the most important thing is like we just get through the the couple hour practice. That's that's couple
3: hour. You don't know how long you think the practice is.
0: That's an hour and fifteen. It Starts at five it's fifteen. Forty five right? minutes. OK, well, it's oh, that's easy. That's he's, a yeah, he's normally
3: not in town on Monday evenings, guys. Like during the football season, he was always traveling. So that's a good reason to not actually know how long the practice is.
0: I took him to the last two practices because I mean, after the Super Bowl, I've been back. So I've been to the practices and hung out in the area and watched them practice. But the the game was fun. We went to the Maryland game before the Terps got another win. We're undefeated as um as in-person Terps fans knocked off Purdue and then Northwestern. And then we went from that straight to Dex game and he was his normal, um, Defensive uh, self and was uh, really good on defense and was really aggressive on offense. But <laughs>
3: the
0: shots was not. He hitting. kills
3: me. He be like as soon as they get the re- defensive rebound and they're running back down to you yeah, know their side. The he ha- I have videos of it. He has his hand up like begging for the ball. If you pass that boy the ball, he's basically like a really good double dribble like get out of jail free card because like oh, you yeah. pass him the ball and he like he asks for it. he's been asking for it, no matter where he is on the court no matter how many people are crowding around him nobody really because they know he ain't gonna do nothing with the ball but his hand is always up he always wants the pass you pass to him he's like <laughs> and passes it right back to you um so it's like you pick up your dribble no worries
0: he Had a couple drives got got a clear look at the basket and then threw it up there but the i mean honestly like that's I'm just happy that he's shooting the ball because none of them. There's like two kids on the team that are like really good offensive yeah. players. And the rest of them like are little kids play basketball, so like throw it up there. <laughs> just keep it. shooting it up. Eventually, one will drop or they won't drop. But it was really fun to see them play and to see them win. And it seems like the kids, at least our older two, really enjoyed the Maryland games both times.
3: I know. I tried to be like, do you guys really want to go? But I realized I messed up our tickets. And- <laughs>
0: And they showed up and were really good. So I was going to offer my or I'm going to offer myself another rose because it's uh, it's you deserve it. No, nah, I mean, it's not even about the rose as much as it's about me trying, which I guess is the definition of marriage is trying to continue to uh, mold yourself into the person that the other person wants <laughs> is the idea that um. We talked about it last week with being close to family. Like my family has always been like my nuclear family. And it's not like we got cousins and aunts and uncles that we're semi close to, but not super close to. And you're very close with the rest of your family. And you guys always have a lot of things going on. And (laughs) it's very important. Yeah, it's very important to you that you show up to for your family, which is something that like I appreciate and I understand and I value. But we've also discussed that I'm an introvert and I'd rather be alone and Trying to show up for the tough things this week for people and also, like, for Sweetums' birthday dinner last night. He calls my
3: brother Peyton Sweetums. It's a long story. his name.
0: His name is Sweetums. Sweetums Peetums.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because I used to call him Petey, my sweetie. Yeah, happy birthday, Petey. Um, Anyway, go ahead.
0: It's not about the rose as much as it's about me accepting that you're right about some things. And that's one of the things that you're right about is how how much people value just showing up and being there for him because like i don't want to i don't know what to say i don't know what to do and you would assume that a 28 year old man doesn't care one way or the other if i show up to his birthday dinner or not but he would maintain
3: that that he doesn't i'm sure if you ask him
0: no i'm sure he doesn't like that specifically but i think that it's one it's like a chip and in the bank of whatever that like shows that you like genuinely care and love someone and, and sometimes you got to go into that account when you need something or when you can't make it to something but like i finished my work i couldn't go over with you guys initially because i had work to do i finished my work and i was like all right what am i gonna do Play yeah, Xbox, right now, take a shower <laughs> watch a tv show i don't know
3: enjoy alone time aka my favorite thing right
0: and i was like you know what I'm going to show up for my man, Sweetums. And I went and showed up. I wasn't in a great mood while I was there, but that's all right. I was there. (laughs) You were there. I I was there. I got it. The next step is to, like, not be antisocial and grumpy the whole time there. But, I mean, I was there. Baby steps. Hey, happy birthday. To big sweet
3: Um. Okay, we gotta quickly get to. I'm sorry, I do have a thorn, and it's not about you, but my first question is, it's related to the thorn. Why do you think I'm wearing a yellow sweater? Because earlier today I was wearing like all brown. Literally, I looked like the poop emoji, and I was like, I'm staying in this. I don't even care. I, this has been a poopy week. I'm looking like poop, and I'm fine with it. But then I do still have on my brown pants. Um. And shoes. Okay. In fact, so, so, so why as am I wearing yellow? Everyone knows
0: you're festive and you dress for whatever, no I'm matter what. Wearing a what bright, bright it is. yellow sweater right now. Yeah. And... and I'm not in a
3: bright mood. it's
0: I it's all right how can I all right so it's not black history it's not Valentine's we're past that women's history month is next month right um I I don't know it's yeah you're gonna have to tell me uh I know Ash Wednesday was last week is yellow a religious Lent thing
3: you know no although it does make me think of Easter coming um but anyway it has nothing to do. My yellow sweater has nothing to do with that. It's because, duh, the Grey's, Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy season finale Nailed was it. last week. And I had already started saying it. And the episode was That's called I'll Follow the Sun. Why was it called I'll Follow the Sun? Because one of my favorite lines of Grey's Anatomy, I believe it has cornily but not that corny because most people don't get it who like are my friends on Instagram, posted a picture with the caption. Let me see if I get it right. When Christina Yang was leaving Meredith's person, like it's after season, I think 11 or so, when she was leaving... Um, Grey's Anatomy, her last thing she told Meredith was Meredith's husband, who died, was later, was, um they used to call him McDreamy. And so Christina was like, don't let what he wants or don't let his wants eclipse your needs or something. He may be dreamy, but you're the son. So she called Meredith the son. So the episode where Meredith's leaving, she it's called, I'll follow the Sun. She's like going on her own path. But my thorn is this, y'all know, I love Grey's Anatomy more than anyone could love Grey's Anatomy. If there's any room for Grey's Anatomy, spinoff from this, I guess this is a segment, but I think we should do a segment spinoff into a Grey's Anatomy only podcast. I'll obviously wear gray all the time, except for maybe if I have to wear yellow for Meredith. I'm all for it. That last episode, Meredith has been on that show for 19 seasons. It wasn't amazing. And I'll admit, like we had um, a situation in our family, tragedy in our family, um, where I lost an uncle I was very close to. That was the night before. So... I thought about it and I was like, you just weren't. I was in bed, like half watching, half like kind of upset. I was like, maybe I just wasn't in a place to watch it. But thinking about it, like objectively, thinking back on it. No, it was just objectively like not like
0: the big send off that you expected.
3: It didn't give what it was supposed to give as the young kids on Instagram might say um but it leaves me with the hope that quite honestly at this point so she left seattle to move to boston and now like other cast members also have moved to boston she's more in for like personal reasons but happening to like be able to work for this foundation that like owned the hospital that she used to work for that other characters who have left like um jesse williams and his wife on the show they now live in boston so i'm like maybe she's able to do this like i don't want to say lazy a send-off but like not giving what it was supposed to give a send off because there's a spin off loading, which just gives me great hope for the future. Um, because then it was like it'll be like I get two Grey's Anatomies basically, and Station 19, the one that sometimes has crossovers. But so that's my thorn that like I was kind of disappointed. Like I went into it thinking like I'm gonna cry, and like I'm gonna my uncle died, and like. You know, when I was around my aunt's house with all my cousins, like I was like, I'm not crying here because like, you know, I just want to be supportive of them. And like, I'm going to try not to cry here. But, you know, sometimes you just want to let tears out. So I was like, you know what? It's time. Like I'm home. I'm not around any other people um, who I want to like not be crying for. I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy and cry for all the reasons. It did not move me to tears. I, I mean, think about it, my- but it was it was just not Grace, it wasn't giving what I thought. Like, and I prepared for this. I watched all them old episodes getting ready. I went through all Meredith's ties and lows, which like maybe we could just do a podcast about Meredith, actually. Oh my god, maybe by the end we could get Ellen Pompeo to come talk to us. Um because whispering? like
0: I'm not sure if I heard Oh, that. maybe
3: by the end we could get Ellen Pompeo to come talk to us. What if we could do that? But anyway, um, I was so ready for it, and it just was. Was that the end of the season? Is there down, any more but... grace to the? Huh?
0: Is that the end of the season?
3: No, it's like the middle of the season. I think it's like episode eight seven so maybe or eight.
0: maybe it's a it's an okey-doke maybe they just got you guys all if so, they
3: are really crazy for talking so much about how she's leaving t- i mean they said like she might come back some i think i remember reading though because you know like all the stuff is kind of like reported on like the hollywood reporter and stuff That she was only under contract for eight episodes this season so whether this is seven or eight i can't remember but um but like they they say but like she may pop back in because they have a lot of doctors who come and go on and they come like oh we have a special case or hey i'm in town for this um and like they come for an episode but yeah that's my thorn it's not about you it's not about shonda because shonda's perfect it's just that i don't understand some things are bigger than you and you don't understand them and i know there's got to be something to it because like she could have killed it if she wanted to she could have killed her if she wanted to like and none of that happened like here's how lazy it was right so like she's been trying for like this whole season like she found or even maybe last starting last season this guy she was dating um like he ended up moving from i think minnesota to seattle for her and it's a guy that she met years back um another surgeon um and so he moved and like they love each other. and she also saved his life this other like but she he moved to seattle and took a job at the hospital that she worked at and then like i think she just wanted him to say i love you back or something or like wanted him to make some sort of more equipment mm-hmm. he calls her when and she he tries to get the airport he's not gonna make it once he changes his mind and comes to his senses he calls meredith and she's on the plane and she just pretends she can't hear him she's like oh we're Mm. taking off and that's how that ends like that's not gonna be how that ends you know what i mean like there's more to this so so as much as it's a thorn i also is like something that gives me something to look forward to because it's not over guys more
0: gray's anatomy i can't is that why
3: you wore a gray shirt today
0: exactly why because i wanted to commemorate um the sunshine's last episode that's not really her last episode all right so one loose end that i feel like i have to close before we go your valentine's gift finally came and you liked it i, did I a good do job. Yes.
3: i really liked it you did a good job i have it on under my sweater so that's thank awesome. you sir you're
0: welcome thank you you're the best love right. you i love you too bye
3: bye guys
0: this is the dominique foxworth show